Hello and welcome back to Inside Quotes, the show where my brother and I rewatch, review, and relive the staples of our childhood. This is episode 98, starting year five, uh, and I'm your host Jeremy, and with me today is my older brother, Jonathan. Jonathan, welcome back to the show for the fifth year in the row. Fifth year, quack quack, everybody. Thank you for listening, thank you for tuning in, and may all your daughters be born with three bottoms. It's a quote, but you didn't hear it. You had to read that quote in this movie. We'll get to it. But we wanted to kick off the year. It's my turn with one of the staples of our childhood, a one of our personal favorites. Oh, absolutely. And when we say staple, I mean it's a staple. I mean when I say staple, when you say staple, I mean it's a it is a staple of our childhood. Um super funny staple. And I'm just gonna go ahead and say it now. Usually our first couple episodes of the year, we usually pick a really funny one. And this is probably going to take the cake for funniest movie. It'll be up there. We'll have to see. But we are talking about Johnny English from 2003, starring Rowan Atkinson. Yes. Otherwise Um, known as Mr. Bean. Also known as Mr. Bean. Um, That's the only thing he's known as, I think. Or if you've seen Rat Race, that's a good Rat movie Race. with him in it. Uh, he's also a voice in The Lion King. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Zazu. <laughs> that, that bird. bird. <laughs> that bird. <laughs> I was trying to go for like a Brian Fellows. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so this movie came out in 2003. Jonathan, where were you at in 2003? 2003. I was uh, fifth grade-ish. Around there, fifth grade. All right. Um, at FCA. At this, this was a critical time for me to see this movie because only the year before, I had a new student in my class at FCA, from England, England. itself. Oh. So I had the inside scoop on British humor, and me and my friend Monty talked about this movie a lot. <laughs> This was like one of our favorite movies. We loved Johnny English. And I would say this was probably my introduction to Rowan Atkinson. I think okay. the progression for me, I, I had seen Lion King, but I didn't really know. I didn't know the voices or anything like that. Sure. But like true Rowan Atkinson in live action, the progression I think was Johnny English, Rat Race, and then Mr. Bean. Yeah. Um, which is like his most famous thing. But I think that's kind of the order that I kind of discovered him and saw his stuff. Um, but Rowan Atkinson, one of the best like comedic actors of all time. Like his physical comedy is unmatched. He became a national treasure for the UK. National treasure? He became a national treasure for being Mr. Bean. A guy who is funny, but he doesn't even say a word. Mm-hmm. He was born in the wrong generation. <laughs> he should have been Buster Keaton or something, silent film. I wouldn't say that this film is um, super stacked cast-wise. No. It's mainly him, who's already been Mr. Bean, so he was famous already. Yeah, he had already... He had done the show. He'd done the move, the first movie. Pretty much, kind of semi-retired the character. Yeah. Um, I guess he had done Rat Race. I mean, he did a lot of stuff like yeah. British comedy and stuff. But yeah, it's mainly just him. Um, the only other bigger name actor is John Malkovich. Mm-hmm. I is he a good actor? Yeah. Okay. He's one of those people that you don't know. Like I don't know. Like like he. I know he's been nominated for stuff and people like him, but then like you also see him in roles like this. And I'm not saying he he was like a bad actor or anything. I just like, you know, he's like a Christopher Walken type. You know, like I don't know. He has like a certain character type that yeah. he plays. We might have to consult a uh, expert on this matter. I don't know. He's just one of those that. I don't know if he's... Is he considered a good actor? 
We'll leave it up to you, well, the what, audience. What it you, doesn't matter, though. You just said earlier before we started recording that you haven't seen him in any other movie besides this. And I would like to um, prove you wrong because I believe you've seen the 2000 film, 2006 fantasy film, Aragon. Is he in that? He's in that oh, movie. Man. He plays like a bad guy or like a okay. wizard or something. I think he is I, the bad guy. I vaguely remember that. I think I've seen that approximately one and a half times. I saw it in theaters, and then a couple <laughs> years ago, me and you tried to rewatch it, and the DVD was scratched that we gave up oh, halfway yeah, through. Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> what a shame. Yeah, no, he was the lead villain. Okay. He was bald and had a goatee, so it didn't really look like him. Uh-huh. Uh, he's also in The Great Buck Howard, which we watched. Oh, yeah. You liked that movie. That was a good... It's a good one-time watch. Sure, sure, sure. Like, it was sure. good. I... I just haven't rewatched that one, but that one was fun. And then one other movie that we both have seen, Penguins of Madagascar. He played Dave. Okay. Have you seen Penguins of Madagascar? Mm-mm. Madagascar is, is like Ice Age for me that I've only seen the original. I've never seen any... No. I've never seen any sequels or spinoff material. They're so good. <laughs> Are they? Yeah. All I know is by the time the third one came out, I was in college and the um I like em the big. Afro Circus I like em chunky. zebra thing was like a meme. Yeah. That got annoying. <laughs> that yeah, was annoying. I'll say that. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. Okay. Uh he was also in Secretariat. I guess. Okay. Random, dude. I don't remember him in that. And he, but he also voiced someone. <laughs> I'm sure oh, he did. Oh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy he was in. He played Hamakavula. Oh, yeah. Okay. Feature film-wise, yes. he's been in some stuff that we've seen. Yeah. This yeah. is probably his biggest role of like the movies we've seen, though. Yeah. Except for there's one thing I do want to draw to your attention, Jeremy. Okay. Big inside quote material. Sure. For me, you, our family. Sure. May I remind you of one of the greatest Saturday Night Live sketches of all time <laughs> when John Malkovich hosted in 2008, and in that what? is the calculator sketch. <laughs> Top 10 sketch for our family, I'd say. I would say probably one of the most forgettable sketches. I need freak out control. <laughs> I got a calculator. Hey, Mom, thanks for the Nintendo Wii. Let's calculate so But we thought it was hilarious. <laughs> I like I watched it. I showed it to you. We showed it to mom and dad because me and you kept quoting yeah. it. And they like, we have to see this video. And it's just one of those things that was so stupid that we just kept <laughs> quoting. And it's Fred Armisen and John Malkovich are like these like twin brothers <laughs> that like get up on Christmas morning. <laughs> and they're so excited about... Like, they asked for, like, a calculator for Christmas. And, like, Andy Samberg is their other, like, older brother. And he's like, oh, thanks for the Wii, Mom, and all this stuff. <laughs> it's, like, the number one item that because that was the year that and came out. And they just keep going on and on about it. And if I can find a, a link to it, I'll, I'll put it in the show notes. But they were just, like, they're, like, playing it up. Like, oh, what's oh, it going to be? What's man. it going to be? And, like, who are you kidding, Mom? We didn't ask for anything else. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to watch this right now. Taking a break. Glenn, guess what we're getting for Christmas? Yeah, yeah, a calculator. <laughs> we're getting a calculator. Uh, yeah, that's great. Yeah. Do you have any idea how fast we're gonna do math problems? Square roots? <laughs> Lightning speed. We are getting a state-of-the-art calculator by Texas Instruments. Guys, we don't know what you're getting. Nobody promised you anything. Okay. But Dad, come on. Who are you kidding? We didn't even ask for anything else. All I know is when I saw him in that sketch, I was like, Pascal Sauvage, Johnny English. Johnny English? <laughs> Pascal Sauvage, while we are here, uh, this is probably the first movie that I had a uh, experience to a, a French accent. Probably. I do. Um, I I'm, thought he was French. I was five, six years I saw old the when this movie came out, so I never saw it in theaters for sure. But uh, did Larry have the, our oldest brother own this movie? Yeah, 
So um, we just watched it then. Yeah, we have him to thank. Yeah. For sure. Uh, our oldest brother, Larry, had this on DVD. And that's how we watched it for the first time. He just had some. He just had some uh, some gems in his DVD collection, like Crocodile Dundee three. Yeah, <laughs> random. You just got to be a teen in the in the <laughs> early aughts. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, fair warning. We do suggest this movie for everybody. Mm-hmm. We think this movie is so funny. It's such a gem. It's a one on the binary scale. Although. Trigger warning, if you don't like butts and you cannot lie, don't watch this movie because it has a scene where a butt is shown and it is very funny. But it's critical to the plot. Actually, it kind of is, yeah. (laughs) Oh, um, here is our resident expert, Kyle Forsyth, to see what he thinks. Hey, Kyle. Hey, sorry, Mr. Call. What's up, man? Hey, um, so we just need you to know we're recording our podcast right now, and we need you to tell us if you think that John Malkovich is a good actor or not. Oh, that's a loaded question. I mean, are we talking John Malkovich in Places in the Heart or John Malkovich in Rounders? Or John Malkovich in being John Malkovich in which he might not even be acting because the whole point of the movie is just to be himself even though John Cusack is being John Malkovich for part of the time so and is... also Cameron Diaz and Catherine Keener are also John Malkovich in that movie so does that tell something about him as an actor that other people play him or is that just him being lazy well, the question is, perhaps this is the best litmus test, because the concept of the movie is they find a portal that takes you inside the head of John Malkovich for 15 minutes at a time. So if John Malkovich is a good actor, then you would be able to tell that other people are being John Malkovich. But if he's just being himself, then that's not convincingly portraying the fact that other people are inside his head for 15-minute increments. I personally think John Malkovich is... Um, pretty good actor most of the time i think he gets the job done um okay. like movie a little more campy like uh, in the line of fire where he plays like the the creepy uh shooter guy like he's the bad guy it's kind of campy but he does a good job with it <laughs> okay and then there's other movies like rounders where he's playing like a kgb guy and he just has this ridiculous russian accent and it's like he's not even trying or he's trying too hard it just seems like he's just like just goofing off like he doesn't even care so i feel like he rises to the occasion when he wants to and then other times he's just going to do whatever he wants if he's bored okay do you think he rose to the occasion in a role for let's say i don't know johnny english from 2003 oh you know what i haven't seen that movie in a very long time but if i had to what yes off the top of my head i would say probably not bro it's his best like role he probably did whatever he felt like doing when he was on the set of that movie <laughs> that is his best role by far and i haven't seen any of those movies that you've seen uh we are just a we are just a children's movie uh family friendly movie uh podcast Oh, experts yeah. well um, i completely went on a tangent that would not be conducive to your format <laughs> at all no we really love that though because you have the insight that we don't have because the three movies we've seen him in are aragon penguins of madagascar and uh johnny english so uh who is he in madagascar is he one of the penguins uh no he plays davy it's just a random uh extra character yeah but okay. <laughs> we figured. What do we... you think? Do you think John Malkovich is a good actor based on those three movies? Um. Next question. Next question. <laughs> like I don't have any more John Malkovich questions. <laughs> do you need anything else from us, Kyle? No. Do you need anything from me? Is this all part you of called us off the podcast? I called you because you called me. What are you talking about, Kyle? You called me and you said, hey, I want to talk about John Malkovich specifically in Johnny English because that movie's good. That's what you said. This sounds like I am 
having someone be in my head for 15 minutes due to a portal they found at their workplace that is on the 17 and a half floor of an office building. And you don't understand what I just said because you've not seen the film being John Malkovich. Cause it's oh. <laughs> All right. Well, that's enough. I don't know how much of this you can actually use, but. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's enough. We're having a good time. Okay. I love you guys. Love you. See you. for calling. Well, there you have it. Uh, John Malkovich is a good actor when he wants to be. Bro, Kyle did not, we did not give him any warning on that. He just, right off the dome, ripped it. <laughs> I love it. We'll just call him random. I love a podcast where they just call random people <laughs> and just to see if they hang, pick up or hang up. And I think Kyle is the perfect consultant for these type of movies and uh, acting things. Uh, <laughs> so yeah moving on do you, we've talked a lot we about ta- John Malkovich what were we talking about before John Malkovich before he called back because we had already moved on from John Malkovich or I don't know I think the best part about John Malkovich is that <laughs> <laughs> it, the best part about Kyle being the consultant for that is that he's given us the insight on John Malkovich Yet he hasn't seen John Malkovich in this role. Mm. So uh, that's that's quite unfortunate for Kyle. Kyle, we need you to... <laughs> Kyle was almost asleep when, when, he, when we called. And he just started <laughs> rambling about John Malkovich. <laughs> so he can do that while he's half asleep. Well, there you go. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah. Um... Who are some other standout people? Uh, we've got Gibbs from Pirates of the Caribbean, that guy, <laughs> as the prime minister, so he's all dapper and dressed up. I didn't recognize him. You pointed him out. Yeah, I was like, that's Gibbs. <laughs> I didn't know his name, but I said, that's Gibbs, but without saying the name. <laughs> I said, that's Gibbs, but in parentheses, the guy from Pirates of the Caribbean. The Caribbean. So that was really weird with him not being so piratey. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he's guarding the treasure though, the crown jewels. Not very well. Not very well. Neither was Johnny. Okay, Jonathan, I need you to give me a ranking of this movie based on give me your it does does mm. this fit on your number top ten British movies? Like British culture movies? Um. Like set in England. Well, um, it it would have to be. I mean, I started to go down the route of like, well, do you include Harry Potter in that? But like, no, no. That's a this is world. like British humor. This is like real world, real world um, England. Hmm. I mean, probably. It's got to be in the top 10. Sure. I haven't really compiled that list, though. I think we need to do that eventually. Yeah. I'm going to add to the list Agent Cody Banks, too. Okay. Another... British spy movie. Ooh, Alex Ryder. Alex Ryder. Just like modern day, in by modern day, just like early 2000s. But are you talking about like, okay, modern day. The early 2000s British was comedies? a time for British comedies or just British sequels. Mm-hmm. Or American sequels set in England. Mm-hmm. Garfield, Tale of Two Kitties. Great answer. <laughs> I think that's some of Bill Murray's finest. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's another great one to talk to Kyle about. Because <laughs> I guarantee you he's never seen that movie. Um <laughs> uh, Alright, so this movie is one of three, but it was kind of more of a standalone movie in itself, yeah. and it was just like yeah, we can make money off this again, probably. Mm-hmm. And then they rebooted it. Well, not, they just made two sequels very distant. Yeah. Like, there's a good ten years in between each movie, I would say, right? Um, Close to that, yeah. I think the second one, Johnny English Reborn, was in 2011. Okay. And then Strikes Again was, like, 2018. The second one was notable because it didn't have Boff in it. 
who's a oh, great character. Yeah. We'll talk about him more. But that was one of the things that I liked about the third one was they brought him back. So, But I remember the second one came out so far away from the first one that I never thought this was a movie I was going to get. Johnny English too, <laughs> yeah. And so I was really excited about it. Like that was genuinely like a trailer I saw <laughs> get shared with me online, and I was like, "Wow, I can't wait to see this movie." <laughs> and it was, it was, it was it's, fine. It was only eight years apart. Yeah, you waited that long for Johnny English three. Yeah, that's amazing. How I guess if you don't have anything, see, so twenty eleven to 2018 seems like a very long time but it seems like a, such a short time compared to tw- 2003 to 2011 but it, their only difference is a year yeah. isn't it weird how when you get older time just slips through your fingers is that an ABBA reference <laughs> yeah <laughs> Slipping through my fingers all the time. This movie has probably one of my top three. I can't say my favorite, but probably my top three. Okay, I'm definitely going to try and just say my favorite, because what's the worst that can happen? Say it. This is my favorite ABBA song. What is? Does your mother know? And upon reading the lyrics, I'm like, "Mm, maybe not. Maybe I shouldn't say that one is my favorite one, because it's a little weird lyrics. Uh, But, tis a bop. Is, um, so Benny, Benny Anderson, is the keyboardist for um, ABBA, and he bought this. This is his first time uh, purchasing a synthesizer in the nineteen seventy something, ninety two or seventy two or something. And anyways, uh, this is the first mm. thing, sort of first like riff or whatever you can call it, uh, that he played on that synthesizer. So he's like, that's pretty good. Let's just turn it into a song. It became a top 10 hit in over nine countries. It's crazy. And now they're going to be holograms. It's so good. Are they? What do you mean by that? <laughs> so this, there's this whole thing with ABBA that they're like creating hologram versions of themselves to like perform concerts after they're gone so that they can just keep the music alive forever. That's like a thing. Oh, really? <laughs> For all the ABBA fans out there. Are they going to be young? I don't know. First of all, this is not the movie I'm going to when I think of ABBA, but it's fun that but I think kind of ABBA. But it kind of is, though. It kind, it kind of, of is. is, though, because I've been listening to it all week because of this movie. Yeah. And it's not like we watched Mamma Mia or Mamma Mia 2, Here We Go Again, this right, week. Right, 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 right. <laughs> of course. And those that's not even like, it's the music from ABBA, but it's mm-hmm. not them. It's like... Colin Firth and um, British British people, people. Meryl Streep singing mm-hmm. those songs. Um, that's interesting that Ava Voyage is what it's called. Talk about this original song, Jonathan. Okay. A Man for All Seasons. A Man for All Seasons. Performed by Robbie Williams. Looked him up. Robin Williams? No, Robbie oh. Williams. Never heard of him. Wasn't even familiar with any of his he other work. He sounded familiar. You think he's a part of a band or something? Maybe. Maybe some British pop band. I, not one I know of. I was too busy listening to ABBA this week. Hmm. But it's a great song. Would be a contender for a best original song, I would think, for the year. But I was a little discouraged because when I looked at the song, the soundtrack, for some reason, okay, I don't know why, Hans Zimmer is credited on this song as like working <laughs> on the music, and I don't understand why. Okay. He didn't do the score for this movie. He had no involvement. He didn't even make a, a cameo in the movie. He's just credited with like the music of that song. And Robbie Williams Bro, is credited Zimmer, for writing the song. Hans Zimmer takes credit for crap he doesn't do. I think so. He always just signs off and then gets the main credit so that other composers can get their shot at a movie. But he just overcrowds them. And I'm not a fan of Hans Zimmer. I'm, I'm telling you what. I'm telling you. What a dummy. 
I feel like, I mean, like, <laughs> he probably didn't even, like, is that the kind of thing he's going to fight to, like, have his name on, you know, like, <laughs> no, Johnny English? <laughs> it might just be, have, it might just have to be a legal thing. I don't know I don't, what kind of operation he's running over there. I um, mean, unless I'm hating on him for no reason and he, like, made this great song, but I kind of doubt it. <laughs> Maybe that's just a joke. Maybe the guy that put stuff into IMDb uh, made a mistake this week. I don't know. <laughs> He's probably just like, I don't know. Hans Zimmer probably did it. Hans <laughs> Zimmer. <laughs> yeah. Jeremy, do you want to know what this movie introduced me to? Um, England. England. <laughs> Part Spies. one. Spies. Spies. Rowan Atkinson. Check. Um. I had never seen, and not that I've even eaten at one today, but a sushi train. Or, oh, you're right. As more experienced, uh, you know, chefs would call it sushi, sushi. Oh, sushi. Oh, sushi. But I remember thinking that was like so cool. Like, oh, there's these places you can go, and the food's just on this like conveyor belt, and you just grab it and it's eat pretty it. Pretty legit. It's food just comes to you. Yeah. Um, I actually have been to a sushi train before. Sushi train. A sushi train. And uh, it is now closed because there was one here in Bowling Green called Osaka Sushi Train. But once the old COVID hit, uh, of course, that closed down because people don't need to be sharing the same proximity to foods <laughs> as it's just like a mobile buffet where you don't move. Honestly, Golden Crowd should take notes. Golden Corral, if you're listening, don't take notes. Just close. <laughs> can we have a GoFundMe to where we can close all Golden Corrals, and in place of all those Golden Corrals, that's got to be a buffet because that's how they're set up, we replace them with sweet tomatoes. Oh, man. Yes. Yes, please. Do that's it. That's all I ask. I, I just want to eat sweet tomatoes one more time before I die. One more time. It's not too much to ask. You can open up a business for that. Honestly, if I ever am on death row and they ask me what I want for my last meal, I'm going to say, give me a salad bar at a Sweet Tomatoes. Because they know they'll never have it again. And, and then, I'll live. And you'll just, yeah, there It's like you go. asking for a tiger steak. Hey, there you go. Is that a Johnny Cash song or something? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, but if you feel that strongly about it, like maybe you just need to open up your own. Like I, you probably can't call it sweet tomatoes, but I would, I would. In homage, sugar maters, <laughs> to sugar maters. <laughs> Please tell me you just came up with that. I just did. Oh man, sugar maters. So we're kicking off the year with this movie, but. I think this is an interesting one to start with because as I was watching it, I was kind of thinking about, yes, there are some good quotes and there's some good lines, but that's not really where the comedy is in this movie. Where would you say it is? Um, it's in England. <laughs> yeah. No, the, I mean, the comedy is in the, the physical comedy of Rowan Atkinson, right? Yes. The awkward situations that he's in. And how he, he responds to it. But there's not as many quotes in this. Sure. There are some good quotes. But, like, some of the highlights that I wrote down was, I mean, when you're a kid, the poop humor, right? Oh, classic. Going up the pipe to Pascal's chateau in France. Yeah. That was a hilarious. I need to know. that. That's what I thought all toilets were in England. Just a big like a trough where people all socialize and sit next to each other <laughs> in prison but that's okay so i'm confused was that a prison or was that his house or both because it's a prison <laughs> i don't know i honestly didn't understand until this first watch through here that he was trying to turn england into a prison i just thought he's trying to be the the king of um, president of my states you know yeah Those i was I had forgotten about that when we rewatched it, but Bro wanted to seize all the land and turn it into one united world prison. 
Now, let's talk about this. Is that such a bad idea? Hmm. I mean, it's government it is for funded. Peop- it, it is for people that currently live in England. Yeah, but all you got to do is do a crime, and then you're fine to stay there. <laughs> um, it's like you do a crime, and then like, okay, you can just stay in your house. That's fine. <laughs> what, what 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 can I do to stay? Burn my neighbor's house? All right, they don't want to stay anyways. <laughs> um. So yeah, that's an interesting concept. Pretty good qu- concept for a villain, actually. I don't know. I, I I was reading of that 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 was kind of like a similar plot to a movie called Escape from New York, which is a John Carpenter movie. I've seen that movie. Have you seen it? I have. I actually watched it with Kyle one time. Is that is that the Endgame. premise of it? Like New York gets turned into a prison, pretty or something much. Like it that? gets the entire state or something yeah. or city. Yeah. It's pretty uh, intense. It's a pretty good movie, actually. Mm-hmm. Kurt Russell. Um, I was, I was way overthinking like Pascal Savage's whole plan. Yeah, I was looking for like the logic of it, and then I was reminded this is just like a dumb comedy. <laughs> yeah, you know, you can't, so you can't really put too much. too much into it. But there's this whole plan of obviously that's. He wants to become king, and he wants to turn England, the entire UK, into a prison. Okay, sure. Okay, we'll go with that. Fine. Um, in order to do to do that, he's got to become king, and he makes up this plan. He's got a plan A, and then he's got a plan B. And I don't understand plan A whatsoever. I don't know why he didn't do plan B the entire time. Yeah. Plan A was <laughs> steal the crown jewels. Get a fake Archbishop of Canterbury to m- declare him king. Yeah. Because he was distantly related to the queen and the royal family, but he was yes. kind of a splintered off of that family tree. Yes. But that, that doesn't make him king. That just, all that means is like he stole the jewels and this guy said he was the king, but he's not. Because right, it's not right, the real guy. It's just so a lie. It's a They farce. were riding on the <laughs> fact that they were going to kidnap slash kill the Archbishop Canterbury, whatever his name is. Mm-hmm. And then he was going to spend the rest of his life pretending to be him. Is that spelled out in the movie? That's what I took from it. What about the actual queen herself? Bro, she doesn't even know where the jewels are. Okay. So afterwards, after like John English finds out that, like, oh, there's something funny going on, they say, oh, he's he's seen too much. Like let's yeah. let's get rid of that. So they they nix that entire idea, th- that entire idea, and instead they just blackmail the queen to just give up the throne. Yeah, and that's it. And then he just becomes the legit king. She can't. They can't do that. Well, they threatened to kill her corgis. Someone would have done that a long time ago. Why didn't he just do that to begin with? If that's all it took, I don't know. Like it's not like he was trying to do it like the right way. Like, he was just going way out of his way to do it, to lie about Without, it and make it happen. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> what, did, what was he going to do? Reclaim his throne? They also didn't with say... With her still there? Yeah. It's, well, so after she abdicates the throne, then she goes, she disappears. I don't know what, what they do with her. But, yeah. But they didn't really have any kind of plan for the queen in the first first place. Maybe they did, we just didn't see it. I don't know. That was me overthinking this. It didn't really make sense. It's yeah. probably because I've been watching too much of The Crown recently. And so I was like, yeah. I don't even know. He said he's distantly related to the Queen, but I don't, I don't know how this works. I, I didn't hear about this in the episodes I watched. Yeah. They they didn't even say... They were talking about how his family was... Um, they were talking about how his family... what He was supposed to become the king or his family was supposed to be the royal line but then he said like they got cast aside and that's all he says about it they didn't he didn't really say why they were cast aside sure so i I didn't really understand that i think it's just like they got cast aside because they weren't direct descendants i guess so yeah he just has somewhat of a connection to the throne he probably just jumped his jumped in line by like 30 to Mm -hmm. 60 different spots also, you know, I've looked this type of thing up, the hierarchy of the British throne. It's yes. so complicated. It is. Um, back when Queen Elizabeth died, 
2022 in September. Mm-hmm. Rip. You know what I'm saying? Um, and then King Charles took over. Her son. Her son. And I was like, how does this work? When, what, how, I mean, why is like Prince Harry so like far away from the throne? Mm-hmm. Well, basically, Prince Harry has to wait for Philip. Philip, what's his name? Philip was, um, I know, he's the old guy. Yeah. William and William William. Harry. William William and Harry are Charles's sons. Absolutely. Yeah. So William will probably be our king. Not my king. Probably be the king of England. In the next couple years or so, honestly. Um and so but then after that you'd think like, oh, so Harry would be next in line for the throne. But no, he has to wait for all of his children. To go through, so mm. Harry has no shot at the throne. Yeah, they'll. There's like these. That's people, why he left and went to America. Honestly, other siblings and stuff like that. Like they can be their siblings and they can still be like ninth in line to the throne or something. That is like so that. sad. Because <laughs> like no. the great aunt of, I don't know, maybe like Charles's sister. Thinking about that, she's now like what twenty second in line now. I don't even know if he has a sister. But, like, the older people, it's so confusing, and it's kind of not fair for those, the underdogs of the family, you know? Well, that was the other thing, and, of course, they don't get into it in the movie, but, like, they don't address, like, they they don't address, like, Charles. Yeah. Like, why would Pascal become king? Like, why wouldn't just Charles be king? Well, because he's, or she signed when, it over. If from she abdicates, this. does that mean the whole family is is not yes. in line anymore? I, I don't know. I, guess. I don't know, but I'm going to confidently say yes. I, I agree. I agree. <laughs> so. Well. So, yeah. But here's another thing. If you somehow manage to get the English Empire, British Empire, handed to you, mm-hmm. it's going to be tempting not to just be king. I guess he's a billionaire, so he doesn't, like, need that much power. Yeah. But he just wants to turn into a prison? I don't think so. I don't think so. Is it just like, why does he even want to build the prison? Is it just because he's French and he doesn't like English people? He doesn't like filth. Is this like timeline all over again? (laughs) (laughs) He's a direct descendant of Jack Harlow and the French. (laughs) To be fair, I would say that the British Empire turned Australia into a prison. Mm. It's just a bigger island. So, it would make more sense if he was Australian and not French. But French people are just snubs. Anyways, it's not that deep. Yeah. So, but anyways, Mr. Bean is now king of England, according to this canon. Apparently, no. (laughs) They bring her back, but he gets knighted at the end of the movie, I guess. Sir Johnny English. I'd have taken it. I would have been like, Sorry, I'm not that good of a spy, but I'll be the king of England. You can put that on your resume. King of England for 10 minutes. So this is a spy movie. And I was going to say, the car chase scene is actually a pretty good car chase scene in this movie. Yeah, it With, is. Like on the arm, like the swing, the, the like tow, tow truck. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, it's on this arm and it like swings out over the other <laughs> lane. Yeah. And he still uses all the spy gadgets and stuff, but he's yeah. not driving the yeah. car itself. That's really funny. I was like, this is this is actually a pretty cool like stunt. Yeah. But I liked that scene. <clears throat> Let's compare this movie to other movies, especially in the 2000s. Uh, I fully believe it has the same structure, not plot, but same structure as the Pink Panther. Mm-hmm. Um, and a little bit of get, mostly get smart. Yeah, get smart. It's British get smart. But with a French and British um, Pink Panther little sprinkle. Yeah, I'd say so. The cocky, clumsy inspector or spy. And they th- they're more confident than they're supposed to be because they're not good. And it's just so... It's the perfect formula for a comedy movie because we have just thought that movie is so funny. 
and the Pink Panther movie was All so of funny. Those. I mean, that one funny staple this past year. Um, I'm sure when we cover Get Smart, that might also be a, a contender, contender, at least a, at least a nominee. Yeah. Okay. Moving on, Jonathan, if you were to cast yourself in one of these characters of this film, who would you choose? Like, if you, it, let's say one of the actors is going to get sick, in what case is the studio calling you and saying, hey, we need you to fill in for this guy? Or girl. One of the actors in the movie? One yeah. of the characters? Yeah. Um, who would you feel most comfortable playing? Boff. Boff? Yeah. Okay. He's the Alex Horn of this movie. <laughs> you do give off <laughs> Alex Horn energy. <laughs> You're less of a pushover. Um, <laughs> or or I would go for the um, the criminal that Johnny English describes that he completely makes up that they call back yeah, at the would. end credit scene. <laughs> <laughs> and just the crazy guy with the orange hair and the <laughs> scars and the shape of a banana <laughs> by the pool that I forgot about that call back at the end. And that, that got me good <laughs> in the credits. <laughs> yeah. I'd have to go for Boff. Okay. Who, would, who would you pick? Probably the queen. The queen. <laughs> I don't know. Who do you think I would be? Who would you? There's not that many characters. So it's yeah, just like, it's, it's, I don't want to be the guy that says I'll be the main character. Well, you could be, pe- well, um, I was going to say Pegasus, but, um, Pascal Sauvage. Because you got the long hair. Pascal Sauvage. You would do that. I don't know if I have pure villain energy. I don't know if I can do that. I I might could. I, I don't want to say Johnny English just because he's such a good character and he's so funny and stuff. And he's mm-hmm. like the main character. But it's, it's tough. There's not really that many characters in this movie. But if. Um, it's just a I, lot of side characters. That if you you're going to be boff, I'll be Johnny English. Okay. Come off it, boff. It's only a bit of poo. I feel like pull that's yourself un- together. It's only a bit of poo. I feel like that—that's our best quote. They like to say "bottom" a lot in this movie. <laughs> I guess just because it's a kids movie. I don't know. And it's but a it's British like, way of saying "buttocks." Are you just like what? And wait for some fat bottomed Bobby <laughs> to take credit for us? <laughs> uh, they had to really reach for that PG rating. So that they can say bottom there, instead of yeah. other words that mean bottom, but are more PG-13 esque. Yeah, I think they definitely pushed this one. They pushed the PG rating on this one. Absolutely, a few, a few places. The, the <laughs> amount that you can show a human butt <laughs> in a PG film blows my mind. Actually, the entire movie, ninety minutes. That's that's the legal limit of butt in a PG movie. Ninety minutes? No, I just made that up. Oh, I was like, that's. <laughs> A lot of minutes for butt screen time. <laughs> it's a bottom. Bottom. Does Boff get the Chicken Joe Award? Um, I feel like he just humors him. I don't think he's yeah, like no, he's not a wholesome friend. He doesn't have that. Yeah, he he's there for him. He humors him. I think he looks up to him a little bit, but he also knows. Like, I think he he's looks up to him, but he also babysits him. Because he asks yeah. him the wrong, like, all the questions that he knows the answers of. He's but like, like, are you coming over here anytime soon? Yeah. Like, obviously, he <laughs> knows he hit the wrong It's like, are you coming building. over here in a minute? <laughs> that's, such, that's such a funny scene. I love that. But Chicken Joe, I feel like he is someone that, like, can provide some sort of, like, encouragement or, like, wisdom that's unexpected. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I don't think Boff ever does that. Right, 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 right. So, here's a question. As soon as, like, even before Savage gets crowned king, is trying to get crowned at the end, sure. there's a whole montage of them printing money <laughs> and stamps with yeah. his image on it. And I want to know how quickly, like, when you become the president or something like that, do they start printing money? I don't, I don't have an answer to that. But yeah, how come we don't do that? We've just had the same four guys on our currency for years and years and years. Yeah, like how come when we get a new president, we don't get like a new dollar bill or something like that? We do when they die. They, they've I been do doing collect, those, the president coins. Yes, dollars. I've been collecting those actually recently. Hmm. Um, 
I guess stamps are a little bit easier, but like the money. When was the last time you looked at a real stamp in America? Um, I've had the same slip of stamps. Same. For probably seven years. And our father was a mailman. Retired. You know. Yeah. Is is King Charles right now on the British pound? I don't know. He is. They do switch it. Interesting. I assume that this is a dumb question, but the the old version of King Queen Elizabeth, that money's still valid, right? Because <laughs> that would stink. Do they have to exchange it, or is that just like a collector now, like a wheat penny? I'm sure it's good. Yeah, you probably don't have to exchange it, but that would be interesting. You ever think they that made him did? King Charles the Third kind of looks a little bit like George W. Bush. Maybe it looks like Gonzo. What does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> it's because his wife is Camilla. Oh, is that why you said that? Or is that just luck? Okay, that's good. That's good. That just took me a while. Okay, well, the only thing we have to um, go off of is... Um, when King George died mm-hmm. in 1948. When did mm-hmm. Queen Elizabeth become king queen? She was there for 72 years, right? Yeah, I think it was early 50s, but okay. around that time. Well, it says it will take years, about 10 to 15 years even. Uh, it did before, but old notes and coins will stay legal tender for many, many years. An example of this is the 1948 issued King George banknote, still legal tender in 1962, 10 years after his death. Eventually, do they they take it out of circulation, though, I guess? I suppose so. Maybe out of respect. Maybe they have people transfer it, like go into the money exchanges. Hmm. That's weird, though. (laughs) <laughs> this is just like a, a question on Quora that just people are asking about this subject and one of them says now that the queen has died what's the point in changing the money notes to Charles because if he dies we'll just have to change it again <laughs> <laughs> well that'll be a collector's item at least okay. I'm trying to go get some King Charles coinage <laughs> anyways this is actually kind of interesting to dive into why don't we do that as America? That'd be, I feel like that'd be really cool. We, we've got plenty. I don't understand that maybe for counterfeits and stuff, adding more variety to bills. At least the dollar bill. You know, mm-hmm. make the dollar bill the standard, the ones that changes, you know? Mm-hmm. Or like bring back the $2 bill or something, something weird like that, and then just keep replacing it. No, because that's too weird. <laughs> I feel like the respectable thing would be to... Take Lincoln off the $5 bill because he still has the penny. Mm-hmm. Um, and then move George Washington to five. And then whoever the current president gets the dollar bill. Mm-hmm. Although, $2 bill would be nice because you don't have to put that many into effect. And it would just be like, oh, I collected the $2 bill. Why is it a $2 bill? Because nobody uses them. If you could add a new denomination of bill to... Our U.S. currency. Oh my god! A new number. What number would you pick? Ten galleons. <laughs> Dude, I don't know. I feel like there's a good one answer to this, but I don't know what it is. Hmm. Not a fifty-dollar bill. I would that say. Already exists. I would probably say a thirty-dollar bill. A thirty. A thirty-dollar bill could be useful. Mm-hmm. Or fifteen-dollar bill. I was thinking like fifteen, yeah, or maybe just to be weird, be like a, a twelve, like a twelve dollar, a twelve fifty, like a because I feel like I routinely cash app you somewhere between twelve and fifteen dollars <laughs> for like meals and well, stuff. That's like inflation, that. baby. So something like that, you know. It's like oh, if I just had a twelve dollar bill on me, I could pay you back, you know. Yeah. I don't know. Interesting question we've got. We're we're talking money here. So that's interesting. I think if John Malkovich ever runs for president, that will have to be the case where we turn the money into him. 
No, the other thing I know about him, going back to John Malkovich, because this is the John Malkovich show today. Uh, yeah. I think it was him, and I'm not going to fact check this whatsoever. Even when I'm editing, if this is true or not, you look it up for yourself. Okay. He made a movie, and it's been put in like a time capsule. And no one is going to see this movie for like a hundred years. Oh, really? Yes. Something like that. I remember reading about that. I feel like that's where I've always thought like, okay, this is like kind of an eccentric kind of guy. I love that about him though. He's bizarre. Yeah. I think it's him. I'm not going to check it. I'm just going to spout that out like it's knowledge. What if it's just the calculator sketch? It'd be worth it. Then I got to see the calculator peek. sketch too. Then I would just be, oh man. <laughs> if that was, it, it better be National Treasure Three. If that was going to be released, <laughs> I would do everything in my power to live to be 150 years old. I mean, I would movie. just force him to show it to me before. Oh, that's an option. I could just blackmail the queen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Become the king of England and then make him i don't even know how that works it's like they film something they put the reels in a time capsule and then it's just buried oh my goodness it's called the movie you will never see <laughs> it is due to be released november 18th to i can't i don't even know how to say this year 2115 2115 wow that's hard to say 2115 bro they're gonna sound so dumb saying that yeah probably I'm glad we're in this this era for sure. Yeah. You think you'll ever live to two to twenty one hundred? To twenty one hundred? Probably not. I have a better chance than you, I'd say. Yeah. One oh three. I'd have to be hundred and two, hundred and three to make it to that point. Yeah, probably. probably I would not. be hundred and two making that point. That's probably doable. I'm not gonna count my chickens before they hatch, though. <laughs> That's so interesting. I, this guy is so cool for this, and I'm upset that I can't watch it. I'll never see it. That makes me upset, actually. I can't watch this movie. <laughs> see, you didn't even know about it, and now you're upset that you can't see it. Like, yeah, who is he? He gets to see it? <laughs> who is he to keep it from us? What a gatekeeper. You know what? Screw this guy. John Malkovich, too, can play at that game. We're going to make the podcast you will never listen to. Yeah. We will do a whole episode talking about that movie that we won't see, and we're going to bury it, and he'll never hear it. <laughs> we should so do that. Make an episode, pre-record an episode for that to come out in 100 years. That would be really cool. Right. Then we'll finally get famous, we'll get and famous we'll get a Manscaped partnership. Posthumously. <laughs> Got to have goals. Put a reminder in your phone for that. I keep on wanting to put this on my watch list. I, that, is that on Letterboxd? I'm going to put this on Letterboxd and put it on my watch oh, list. Oh, man. This, why couldn't he have made this movie like 50 years ago? I don't even know. when. Did it say when he made it? 2015, I'm sure. Because yeah. it says 2115 is when it's... I But I thought I heard about it before that. Well, if it says 100 years, the movie you'll never see. And if it comes out in 2115... I, I just love the fact that it's scheduled for November 18th, 2115. Mm -hmm. I wonder if that's John Malkovich's birthday. He's not that narcissistic. No, he's December 9th. This is so annoying. I want to watch this movie. <laughs> that's kind of depressing that there's a movie on my watch list that I know I'll never see. You'll never life. get to see. He'll probably give it up. It'll probably just be like the Disney Vault and be like, okay, I'm going to release this before y'all. That really stinks for like John Malkovich fans that are like, oh, I've seen all his movies. No, you haven't. <laughs> <laughs> can we request, John Malkovich, John, if you're listening to this, can we please request a movie trailer at least in 50 years? Teaser? Give us a, in a 50 year <laughs> In 2055, or a poster give us, or something. Give, in 2035, give us a teaser, and give us a theatrical release trailer in 2055. Mm -hmm. And then by the time this movie comes out, movie theaters will not exist. <laughs> and neither will we. <laughs> and neither will we. That's a whole other podcast, though. <laughs> well, Jeremy, should we just wrap it up?
Yeah, I'm upset. <laughs> While you're adding that movie to your Letterboxd, go ahead and give us a score for Johnny English on Letterboxd. How do you rate this? Hmm. First of all, it's probably best to state that um, this movie has a 33% on Rotten Tomatoes, and I need everyone to take that into account before they judge me on my rating of this movie. And given that, my rating is a four and a half out of five. Four and a half? Yes, sir. That's solid. This movie invokes, bro. It invokes. <laughs> Something inside me. It's such a good movie. It's mm. so bad, but it's so good. Okay, I'll do a four out of five. <laughs> Since you judged that, me. That's what I'm giving it. I'm giving it a four out of five just because I'm mad at John Malkovich right now. I would like to give that man a nice calculator. That would be really funny. Well, him and Fred, they got to share it. Fred Armisen. I'll give him half of a calculator. <laughs> yeah, I, I give it four out of five, too. Because it's such a staple of our childhood. A lot of laughs. Yeah. We can pick apart the, the plot. It, it's but... fairly rewatchable, too. Mm -hmm. I think that's cool. That's a, that's a big factor for our letterbox scores. Yeah. I mean, it's no national treasure. and <laughs> I don't even think it's a Pink Panther, really. Mm, it could be. No, I think that's what I gave Pink Panther, though. It's exactly a I Pink Panther. Four out of five. I think my issue is I have too many four out of five hmm. movies. I'm too... That, that is my lane. I give everything a four out of five, pretty much. See, I'm like that with three and a halves. Yeah. And I got too many of those. So if I bump it up against that, it's a little bit better than the average movie I cover. Yeah. Or review. Is there any appetizing foods in this movie, Jeremy? The sushi. The sea urchin. People are a little turned off that it feeds through its bottom, though. <laughs> the sushi. Really, that's what I think of when I think of sushi train. It's Johnny English. Yeah, Johnny English. Yeah, me too. Um, going to sushi train is pretty cool. I think I hope you get a chance to experience that once. I know. When I heard that there was one up here that there used to be, like, I, I don't even like sushi that much, but I would have gone just for Johnny English. It's an experience. <laughs> makes you feel fancy. It was like $12 on Saturdays for lunch, like all you can eat on the basic plate, I think. Yeah. It's a great deal. Now, on a separate note, can you give a ranking, one out of five, on the Archbishop's butt? I wouldn't even know where to begin with that. <laughs> <laughs> some of the um, the scenes in the movie though that I I put down as my highlights was climbing up the sewer pipe um, the fake fight scene behind the door where he's like he's got the chair and he's like pushing pushing himself up against the wall and he's trying to make it look like he's fighting every like that guy behind yeah that was really it, cool uh, in the with the crown jewels um, I can't but, not say that I haven't I've done that before pretending to be yeah, like that's a, a classic chair, move and it's like you gotta do it yeah. Oh, it was more like the, the oh the, the throat strangling. grabbing with yourself. Yeah. You know, um, that's a classic. Um, describing the suspect of like the the assailant who stole the jewel jewels that he pretended was there. Yeah, I always thought that was funny. Climbing the pooper, um, crashing that funeral. <laughs> yeah, flibid, flibid, flibid. I I love that whole whole sequence with um when he lands on the wrong building and yes. he's like going through the hospital <laughs> <laughs> oh um shout out to the dvd player in this movie <laughs> what do you mean i always thought this was cool and i even looked it up before recording so there's a scene in like, oh like Pascal's, the wall the tri the triangle like four disc Looks like DVD an DVD player, but, yeah, and it's like on a stand. It just—it's like a vertical DVD player. And I looked it up; it was hard to find. But it's like some kind of, like you know, like some fancy store in the mall, like a like Sharper Image or something oh, yeah. like that. Yes, it's a, it's like that sort of brand. Um, the Nakamichi Sound Space Twelve. <laughs> it's like some like I think it's actually more like a CD player. But they like made it seem like a DVD player. Yeah. I was kind of confused. I wasn't sure. 
but it's like a home system. Like, and I just always thought that was cool. Can you find it on eBay? I don't know. <laughs> I was having a hard time even describing it. Like vertical DVD, yeah, triangle yeah. DVD player. I had a hard time. <laughs> and then I just started searching for other people, like trying to figure out what the DVD player was from Johnny English. Yeah. And I did find like a Reddit about it. <laughs> That is a rare find, but it's for the, it's for the set though, you know. So yeah, yeah, gotta get that. <laughs> Play our soundtracks on. Oh, two hundred dollars on eBay. Fifty dollars shipping. I found it. Oh man, uh, it's white. I don't know if it's the same. No, it's metal. I'll find it at the thrift store. Oh, well. That'll be cool. Oh, and I wrote down the the tagline for this movie, which I thought was okay. It was <laughs> called "Prepare for British Intelligence." It's not that like good, but it's not like it's not bad. Embarrassing. It's just there. Although I don't really like it when a tagline tells me to prepare for something. Prepare. Like, let me live my life. <laughs> Come on. Well, you got any uh, final notes? Any takeaways? Final takeaways from this movie. If you have not seen this movie and you're in for a laugh, give it a shot. I think it's great. I think there's so many gems that are under 50% on Rotten Tomatoes that people just scoff at. And this is an underdog, for sure. It's not even uh, Rowan Atkinson's best film, and he's the top build cast member. So that a lot of it's going to get swept under the rug a little bit. Mm-hmm. Watch this movie. I think it's a great one. Um, very visual gag. Very good visual gags. Um, very physical very clever and honestly not that bad of a of a plot <laughs> it doesn't make a lot of sense but it's not that bad it's entertaining mm-hmm. it's an entertaining concept yeah like you said final thoughts it's a great movie definitely going to be a contender for our funniest staple for this year uh, I'm a sucker for any of these like spy comedy movies I don't know I feel like that's like such a serious like yeah. genre and I've always gravitated more towards the comedic side of the spies. And I don't think I've ever enjoyed a serious stuff. spy movie. <laughs> I mean, that much. Well, it's all too cliche. Like you're gonna, you might as well make fun of the cliches and enjoy yourself. You know, Alex Ryder is serious spy work. Okay, solid point. <laughs> but overall, it's definitely worth a watch. And if you're a Rowan Atkinson fan and haven't seen it. Definitely watch it. It's his second best character. Although this got more movies than Bean did. Number one is is Man versus Bee character. All right, we're done here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're done. Well, Jeremy, next week it's going to be your turn. Ooh, yeah, it is my turn. Do you have a hint for next week? Are we going to do a hint? Are we going to play a clip? Um... Yeah, so I'm not exactly sure what we're going to do, but here's a clip, and we'll all guess together. Pongo Pygmaeus. You've got an orangutan problem, Mr. Grant. Hypothetical situation. It's Easter. You think it might be cute to put a baby orangutan in your kid's basket? Well, at first it is cute. Then it gets bigger. The kids lose interest. And then one night, you flush it down the toilet. Well, everyone, another day, another staple. Our only question left is, if you've seen this movie, what's your favorite quote from this movie? What's your favorite inside quote from this movie? Let us know on Instagram at InsideQuotesCast. And if you haven't followed us over on Instagram, go ahead and do that. And let us know if there are any movies you want us to cover on the show. Our show art was done by Bryce Bridgman, and you can find him on Instagram at GroovyBridge. And our music was done by Alex Bird. And we would love it if you left us a five-star review. If you do, we promise to read it right here, right now on the show. Well, not right now, because you haven't written it yet, but we will read it on the show. And we've been promising, and we haven't gotten anybody to do a review. So please, write a review. We beg of you. But more importantly, five stars, and we'll pay you like five British pounds with King Charles's head on it, whenever they make it. Why did you? Now is it five British pounds? Now is this gory that you're saying? Like, 
we'll give you five pounds with King Charles' head on it. <laughs> you said I, that so violently. I didn't think of it that way. Hey, this incentive is an incentive. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. We hope you enjoyed us talking about our childhood staples just as much as we have. And if you did, make sure you hit follow on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so that you don't miss out on our future episode. And if you like the show, share it with a friend or a brother or a sister. Get it? Got it? Good. Well, uh, we wish you guys the best, and we'll see you next time on Inside Quotes. And may your, all your daughters be born with three bottoms. Look, pull yourself together. It's only a bit of poo. <laughs> <laughs>